40. The Israelites spent 40 years wandering in the desert. The Lord spent 40 days in the wilderness to combat the devil and to be with the Lord, comforted by the angel, prepare his ministry. Forty hours the Lord spent in the tomb. Forty hours. We have spent forty hours united, yet separated, to honor our Lord, to grow in our own ways, yet grow together, to renew our commitment to the Lord, to renew our commitment not only to be his disciples, but to be his apostles. We have come before the Lord for 40 hours to be nourished. At the beginning, I asked you, I asked you to think about what the Lord was going to give you during this 40 hours. And I asked you to spend this 40 hours, even if you were about everything else that you needed to do, to spend them with an eye towards what was going on here in this chapel. What would St. Anthony Mary say to us? Let us think for a moment about what the founder says to us in a letter that was sent to the Angelic Sisters, which has later been known as Letter 5. It was dated almost exactly 473 years ago, on the eve of one of the first external missions of the fledgling Zacharian family. Unfurl your flags, my daughters, for Jesus crucified is about to send you to proclaim everywhere the vital energy of the Spirit. As I said at the beginning, I asked you to consider these whole days as a 40 hours given to God, even as you went about your necessary tasks of life. You did that knowingly, or not, in order to fight off lukewarmness, the greatest enemy of Christ crucified according to the teachings of the Holy Founder of the Barnabites, Angelics, and Lady of St. Paul. Now you must unfurl your banners. While this is not certainly a first step for you in the spiritual life, you must see that the Lord calls you through the voice of St. Anthony Mary to something new. Remember, this letter was written to the Angelic Sisters. They had already been gathered together for a couple of years. Their goodwill in following the Lord in a strong way was not in question. And I think this is one of the things we have to understand about St. Anthony Mary. Right? What is that? That in order for anyone to have come anywhere near in contact with the Founder, the desire to be faithful to our baptismal promises was already secure, right? He did not accept willy-nilly anyone who just came knocking. That doesn't prevent him, however, from challenging them 
to, to grow, to grow in holiness. It doesn't prevent him from using almost strong language that at times we think might be for someone who's not following Jesus at all. So we don't need to feel put down when the Lord calls us to greater holiness. We don't need to feel as though we're being browbeaten. Why? Because God's love for us, God's chosen, uh, we are already God's chosen people. The fact that you've already asked to follow the Lord more closely in one way or another is a sign that God's love is active in your life. So put all of the founder's words in that perspective. That everything that we do, every time, especially within a Barnabite community, that we are challenged to grow. It's not because the fathers or the sisters or, or the catechist or the deacon or anyone feels that we are uh, in some way uh, not worthy of the call. Rather, just the opposite. It's because we are worthy of the call that we're called to greater heights. Paul says to us, now more than ever in this moment, that we need to recognize that we are light in the Lord, and therefore to live as children of the light. Once again, Paul was speaking to an already formed community. The struggle against sin, the struggle against laziness, the struggle against lukewarmness, is not a sign that one is not a Christian but rather a sign that we are deeply involved in the fight to grow in holiness, that we're deeply involved in the fight that the devil is against us and that the world may or may not be against us. So the struggle to be holy is not a sign of a lack of holiness, but a sign of the desire to be holy. Notice, you know, I always love reading the scriptures again and again because I dare say I've read the reading that we read today, the second reading, probably a hundred times, maybe a few hundred times, but something always strikes us differently. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Yes. We have to try to learn. Whether we have been walking with the Lord for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, or whether or not we are brand new, whether we've just received our first communion, whether the confirmation oils still have the aroma on our foreheads, we are about the business of trying to learn what, the, what is pleasing to the Lord. The victory over ourselves is not yet won. That phrase, victory over ourselves, just to not repeat the cliches, but to have them drilled into us is one of the founding words of St. Anthony Zachariah, to win victory over ourselves. We are still striving to learn for ourselves based on the authoritative teaching of the scriptures and the church and the great saints, what is light for us? What is light for us? The growth in the spiritual life, we already know, at least we hope we know. We know what's in the scriptures. We know what's in the catechism. We know stories about the great saints. Now it's up to us to continue to endeavor to see how is that light going to shine in our life. For those interested in being disciples of Paul in the spirit of St. Anthony Mary, the model is Christ crucified. Are we willing? 
to accept the cross? Are we willing to scour the word through prayer, the sacraments, and the charity of rubbing elbows with our brothers and sisters to become children of the light? Notice, how are we going to become children of light? By scouring how the word of God comes to us, not only in the scriptures, not only in the teachings of the church, but also in those everyday events. There's a, a wonderful, um, there's an explanation of the Lectio Divina on, on the internet at one, one particular site that at the end offers an option for how to do Lectio Divina in groups, in other words, the praying of the scriptures according to the monastic way, but how to apply that to a group setting. But then it does something else. It says how to apply that to our daily life. In other words, there is a sense that our daily life, the happenings of our daily life, are also the place that God speaks to us. Why? Because Saint Anthony, as St. Anthony Mary says, there is the book of the scriptures, but there's also the book of the world. And both of them are equally places that God speaks to us. Certainly the scriptures are more authoritative and more secure. And it's easier for us not to err. But as we progress in the spiritual life, why does the founder say that mental prayer is so important? Because as he says to us, reflect on the beauty of the world. And the beauty of the world is also what is not so beautiful in the world. Because the beauty of the world is the kingdom of light and the kingdom of the flesh clashing together. And as we walk in our life, the kingdom of God already brewing in us and the kingdom of the world waging against us are going to come into contact, sometimes even within ourselves. And we are going to scour diligently what goes on in our life to see the light, to see where my brothers and sisters are challenging me to grow in holiness, sometimes because of their holiness, sometimes because of their lack of holiness. Paul and St. Anthony Mary are saying the same things. We are not complete. And to view ourselves as complete is to fail. To just accept the perfection of yesterday, the charitable work of yesterday, the prayer of yesterday, is to go backwards. He's very clear on this. The moment we accept ourselves as complete, the moment we accept ourselves as having reached who we're supposed to be, the moment we say that God has done what he's going to do in our lives, we're dead. We might still be alive, but we're dying to lukewarmness. So Paul is saying to us, and St. Anthony is saying to us, not to accept the perfection of yesterday. Not to accept as what we did yesterday as good enough. Does this seem wearying to us? I don't want to burden you. I don't want you to feel that I'm saying that we all have to pretend that we're 18 years old and begin again. No. At the same time, the founder says to us very clearly, St. Paul says to us very clearly that we do each in our own measure according to the strength that God gives us at the given moment. This is not a one-size-fits-all spirituality. Rather, it is taking the principles up and applying it to wherever we are in our life. That is the miracle of what St. Anthony did. St. Anthony wanted everyone religious, 
angelics, religious priests and brothers, women religious, the angelic sisters, and the lay people to work together. Therefore, his words were not simply applicable to people of a certain class, a certain section. I love sports, so I like to think of sports teams, right? Every year, every year the seasons begin. And we look forward and we hope that this is the year that our team is going to win the championship. And in the offseason, the general managers trade players, let players go, fire coaches, hire coaches. And we think, okay, this is our year. Now we're ready. And if everything was static, then the changes that we make might be enough. But there's nothing that hurts the fans of a team more than thinking that their general manager and their coach has devised the perfect plan, only to realize that the team that last year was in fourth place, when we were in second, did more work over the summer or over the winter. And what we thought we were going to have to beat is now not nearly good enough. Does that sound depressing? I hope not. It's just reminding, it's a little reminder to me of why St. Anthony was so uh, filled with a dynamic spirituality. Because just as you think that now that you have progressed, that's why staying put is not good enough. Because Satan is not going to let good enough pass. The holiness of yesterday is not going to be good enough because the moment that Satan sees that you've reached a certain level of holiness, he's now upping the ante. He's now saying, guess what? I've got to do more or I've got to switch tactics. That's why we can never be stagnant. And on the positive side, it's the same way. If yesterday the Lord was saying to us, this is your presence. This is your ministry. This is where you're going to live and work. Then tomorrow he's going to say, I may need something different of you. I may need you to grow more. I may need you to do something else. Think about it. Right? We all, uh, it, it, it is, it is, is it too much for us? Yes. It absolutely is too much for us. But what did Jesus say to us in the gospel? He said to us, nothing is impossible for God. So don't be overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed. This is the joy. This is the joy of the ride. The Lord doesn't do this to us to beat us down. The Lord does this to show us that we can be that camel that fits through the eye of the needle. The Lord brings us to this because he wants to give us true joy. He wants to give us a joy that's going to be beyond superficial. So don't be afraid of the battle. Don't be afraid when the Lord says to you, I want a little bit more. Let's be honest. You are in a unique place in the history of the people of God. The people of God seeking to bring God's love to the world will never be in this exact moment again. You were born in this century, in this place, in this time. Well, actually, most of us were born in the last century, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we're born in this place, in this time, because God has given us gifts, desires, loves that are appropriate for this moment. It's useless to say, what would I have been like in 1500, or 1200, or 800, or 500 BC? You were born in this place, in this time. You were given an act of charity. 
You were given a place in holiness that was, was prepared for you in this moment. Both you and I come from places where the church has had to change. We were speaking yesterday with the, with the, the chancellor of the diocese. And we were talking about how the parishes have been remodeled. And where I'm from in Buffalo, we have the same thing. Demographics change. New structures are necessary. We've grieved that. We have to grieve that. Even our own congregation, our Zachariah family. We've grieved restructuring. We've grieved men and women lost. But we rejoice in men and women gained. Our nation is in a great situation of questioning who we are. Are we one nation under God? Will we recede into fear? Will we welcome the stranger? Will we believe that we are always to walk in the light? Or will we believe a little bit of darkness is okay if it saves us? These are the questions that St. Anthony Mary needs us to unfurl the banners of Christ crucified for. Some might, so that is what we have to do. Unfurl the banner of Christ crucified. We have begun with baby step, steps to walk the way of the cross with joy. Notice St. Anthony Mary Zachariah, he didn't go into battle with the perfect all-star team. If you read his letters, and I encourage you to do so, read his letters, what you find out is that he was constantly exhorting the men and women in his congregations and also exhorting the superiors that they had to do more. But that didn't prevent him from taking his fledgling family into battle on a new mission. Maybe you don't know the story. We were gathered together around 1532, the Barnabites, also the Angelics. The Barnabites were approved in 1533. We started living together in 1534. And then what happened? A trial for heresy. Great way to start a religious community. As soon as you get together, have a trial against you for heresy. Got through that one. 1537. People still didn't like us too much. Seemed we were causing trouble with all of this Christ crucified stuff. And so in 1537, I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version. In 1537, another ecclesiastical trial for heresy. Not that we didn't have to correct some things. But it was during the trial of 1537 that the founder said, Hey, guess what? We got an offer to go to a neighboring province, which back in those days was like a neighboring country. We're going to take our strange accents. We're going to take our strange way of living. And we're going to go and minister to who? People who are caught on the streets, women of the streets, the recalcitrant, the poor, the very poor. The poor who do things that are wrong, either because of culture not knowing any better or because they're poor and they need whatever they can get. That's who St. Anthony Mary took this fledgling, not quite formed group to go preach Christ crucified. Why do I say this to this group? Because I don't want you to fear our Lord 
feeds you with the finest wheat. He allows us, like the Blessed Mother, to find a place within us to host the Lord himself. To what end? To what end? First of all, to be holy ourselves, but also to serve others. In a certain sense, I see that I'm preaching to the choir. I see that you already care for the sick, defend the poor and the unborn. I see that you have chosen to love this community of fathers with its changes, its ups and downs, everything that's happened. You've chosen some way to love this religious family for which I thank you. And you are learning about this religious family. You learn its strengths. You learn its weaknesses. You learn what drives it. And hopefully, hopefully, that will continue to attract you. But our Lord wants to give you the strength never to tire of doing good. To be willing with St. Paul to accept the cross of Christ. That Christ may be glorified. Remember that you are the glory of Christ. We've come for 40 hours to be spiritually fed by the Lord. And like St. Anthony Mary's early followers, you are already doing a lot of good stuff. Don't ask you to change that at all. What I ask you to do is to recognize what our founder said about unfurling Christ crucified. Because no doubt you have challenges. No doubt you are wearied. No doubt people say to you, why do you bother? No doubt people in your professions urge you to take shortcuts. No doubt your, 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 your uh, fellow uh, companions in different activities want you to take shortcuts. And St. Anthony says, don't do that. Accept the cross of Christ, that Christ may be glorified. You give glory to God when you nestle yourself into society and when you bear the cross for them, whether it's in your family. All of us have family members who we wish were more fervent. All of us have family members that we worry about. All of us have colleagues that we worry about their future, what they will do, how they will do it. You unfurl the banner of Christ crucified when you go and share your story with them. When you live among them, being willing to bear the cross. When you live among them, being willing to say, not so much to say, oh, I'm being crucified, but to be cheerful in that crucifixion. And when the time comes to share that word, you will do it. You will do it. Finally, 